Hi, I am Tingan, and this is the Parents in Tech Podcast. Welcome to Season 2, where we interview dads who are technology company leaders based in Southeast Asia. After hearing from moms in Season 1, now it's time to speak to dads who are raising kids while striving in their careers. Let's find out the stories, challenges, and advice they have for us. In this episode, we speak to Aditya, Head of Growth and Partnerships for Southeast Asia and India at HubSpot. Prior, he led the international expansion of Practo, a B2B startup in India, and was the country manager for Singapore. Aditya is passionate on topics including sales and marketing tech stacks, low, no-code platforms, and farm-to-table initiatives. Recently in August 2021, Aditya welcomed his daughter into the world along with his wife, Priya. Hi Aditya, welcome to the Parents in Tech show. To begin with, could you tell us a bit more about your family? Yeah, thanks for having me here today. So I moved into Singapore almost about six and a half years back. My wife Priya, she works at DBS, primarily in the tech and the security teams. And we've got a little daughter who's just turned six months old. Her name is Tarani. Pretty excited to get on this new parental journey as first-time parents. That's pretty much it. Three of us right here. That's wonderful. Okay, so Aditya, I got to go back a little. How did you meet your wife, Priya? What was the story like? So I met my wife back in 2006 and seven. That was the first year of college. So I got enrolled into a computer science degree back in India. She took up information technology. So right after the first year end, that's where we met. Though our classes were different, same college and so on. We just had some common friends as well. And since then, I think it took us a bit of time to get things going. Post that four year of college life, we went different ways. She took up a job in Mumbai, a huge bustling city in India. I went to a little bit of a quieter town back in the south called Bangalore. And then we had a bunch of years, I would say at least four to five years before we eventually tied the knot in 2015. Wonderful. So whose idea or whose job took both of you to Singapore? Was it your role, her role, or was it like a joint decision that you guys made together? So it was me in the initial days. I was very clear on kind of roles I wanted to take. We had a lot of campus placements and all that going in. I don't think that was something that I was very clear on to join. Probably companies and startups in the early days. And back then, I think 2011, a lot of companies were just getting started. Like the Ubers of India, the Ola Cabs, one of the places that I wanted to work at. Then we had a healthcare company called Practo, B2B SaaS. And that's eventually what I took up. A lot of interesting things that were getting built. That took me from Nagpur, a town in right in the center of India, to down south. After having worked about a year, year and a half, I was trying to figure out what does international expansion look like. So back then, for Practo, they just raised the series in onwards, and that's what brought me to Singapore back in 2013. Got it. Maybe talk to me a bit more about that transition. At that point, did you come alone, or did both you and your wife come together? And were there any challenges in terms of transition? For sure. I'd say back then we weren't even married. So 2013, it was me who moved out here first. And I think it was literally, if I recall, this is more like a project. If we did this right in terms of international expansion, uh, land and expand kind of a format that a lot of companies take up, we would probably move into another geography. But that kept me here for a couple of years. Healthcare and tech, there's just a lot of going on back then. Post marriage in 2015, November, that's what brought Priya back to Singapore. She had already been working in Mumbai for about four to five years. 
she was looking out for something different, a bit more challenging. And that's when we get her moved into Singapore as well. Wonderful. So 2015, and I guess your daughter was born last year. So when did the discussion of having children come into the picture? Like what was the, the conversations like? Yeah, I, the first couple of years, I think we were just very chilled out. We were doing a bunch of trips every other quarter. Our life was pretty much like there's absolutely no sense. I think family was just not on our minds until very recent, right? So like I'd say 2019, 2020, 2019, I would say was, was the right time where we were trying to decide, okay, what are the next few steps? I had some opportunities of trying to move out of Singapore, but India being close to our parents' home and so on, we just stuck here in the region. And that's when we were like, okay, this is something that we're going to be doing for the long term. So why not start thinking about what does family look like and so on? It was only... Sorry, can I just interrupt yeah. you and say that I, yeah. I think that turned out to be a great decision, doesn't it? <laughs> when COVID struck, I think Singapore is actually one of the best places to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That played out really well. And I think was the first two quarters of 2020 were a little bit more stressful for a lot of us, just getting hang of what a pandemic looks like and so on. But then actually we started thinking a little bit more seriously as we are going to be spending the majority of the next probably a decade in right here in Singapore. It's like, it's a good time. It gives us a lot of time at hand to actually build up a family, nurture the child, and then probably take a decision whether it be or be here for the long term and so on. And I think a lot of this was very, very certain. We did not think about family planning until very late. And it is more of a conscious decision. There's just a little bit less amount of liability at hand. And then a lot of our friends were a little bit more ahead of us. There's nothing like the right timing. It's just like, okay, if things click, you go ahead with the flow. And that's exactly what happened to us. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to get into chapter one now, which is the nine-month journey when your wife was pregnant. What was perhaps the most challenging part for both of you and maybe also for yourself during the period last year? Right. Yeah, so I'd say, I'd say fundamentally as first-time parents, we were a little bit off guard with, I'd say, just being prepared during the pandemic, border closures, not having close family members in town to just help with emotionally or just sense of security and belonging. That itself was a big change. Though I have grown up very independently, I went to a boarding school for 10 years and so on. I knew that pretty much doable. We've had a lot of friends back here who just began their journey even a little bit ahead of us and so on. So we definitely had tried to take some best practices, steps and so on. So I'd say back then, everything was just remote. I think it was a little bit more easier for us to just get into the groove of what do we need, the basics to get things done, which is like, all right, getting the meals done on time. And we also pretty much just after Q2 2021, we also wanted to change houses. So I think a lot of things dynamically started changing. And while we were just preparing for a child to come into the world, so I'd say we got the basics sorted. Who's going to take care of the food? How do I do it? I took up a bunch of those things ahead of time, planning and all of that. And my wife was pretty much working, I'd say, right until at least two, two and a half months for her due dates. I think that was, it just worked out well. We had amazing friends who could help us every now and then just to get some stuff. Somebody voluntarily just getting us a bunch of meals on time and things like that. Overall, if I look back, it just turned out just nice. We were a bit, a little bit overwhelmed. Okay, so now is the time. There's a lot of things around us. And is this going to, what else are we going to have to deal with? Which is pretty much okay. And we just try to go with the flow and get things sorted out. Got it. Now, in the whole preparation process, was there something that perhaps you thought it would be easy, but it turned out actually more challenging than you expected it to be? Yeah. So I'd say one of the things that we were blessed with a little bit is definitely the usual 
nauseas and sickness and so on that mothers really have to go through. My wife was a little bit fortunate in that side. So we didn't have to deal with a lot of this. It was very much, I would say, a very easygoing process. Yes, Priya being on the little bit of an overcautious person and along with the pandemic, she was a little bit concerned on those sort of things. So even like the basics of getting to a doctor's appointment every month and things like that. Those things were pretty much okay. I'd say third trimester onwards, I think that's when a little bit more from a health perspective, things started getting a little bit more difficult, being able to do day-to-day stuff. So I took up a lot of other things that otherwise she would have contributed to. The only thing that we didn't expect was as we were nearing the due date, I think typically the last one week was a lot more difficult than we expected. Though we had tried to prep ourselves, we went for one of these prenatal classes, just getting a hang of, okay, how do you actually even carry a baby that comes into our hands and things like that? So that got us a little bit more sense of security. It's like, okay, these are some of the things that we do. I think going into labor is very phenomenally different. Because we had a bunch of friends outside of Singapore, in Singapore, who have gone through that process. And we just wanted to get a little bit sense of security and sense of understanding what it means like. When it actually dawned on us, it was a lot different. So my wife had to literally go through almost about a week of labor in different ways. So that, I think, was very, very unexpected. And I think knowing her as an individual, we are just very extremes in terms of personality. So I'm, I'm somebody who can deal with very unexpected circumstances and still not let it affect me too much. Where on her side, she just gets very probably agitated or extremely anxious, played 200% of my role of being a lot more calmer during this uh, that one week. Eventually, I think a lot of things played an advantage. We had an amazing gynec with us throughout that period. So I think pretty much the hospital is very nearby because we just stay closer to you know some of the hospitals that we chose. So I think a lot of those things played an advantage. Eventually, we got over it. But that one week, I would say, was the most stressful out of the whole nine months. Thanks for sharing that. I'm curious, looking back at that very stressful week, what was perhaps one or two things that you felt you did to really support your wife? Because for some of the people who are listening to this podcast, they might be going through this process soon. So if you could share one or two things that work for you, that would be amazing. I try to keep a couple of things simple. One is just having an extended amount of emotional support and just like the confidence. I think when either of the partners are a little bit more anxious by nature whatsoever, you'd have to just counter that anxiousness and that kind of mentality. Even though at the back of my mind, there were days or there were moments and hours where I might have been anxious, I didn't let it reflect of who I am. And that was building to my personality, maybe from childhood, I would say that I can conceal it, but still be able to support anybody else, even if it have been a friend and so on. So I think that played to my advantage, to be honest, but she couldn't feel that I'm being under stress, for example, and then she would be able to overcome even the small challenging situations with a lot more ease. So that I think was very helpful during that time and being able to double confirm something. If you're just not sure, she would let a lot of decisions that otherwise she would have to take, me being the primary person, I could take those decisions on her behalf to simple things like, oh, should we go to the hospital now? Is this time? You just need to relax because I've spoken to the doctor, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to take away those small thoughts from her so that she can be at peace because I know that if she's going to do it herself, if she's going to start thinking about it, it's going to just make both our lives very, very complicated. That I can definitely help. Either of the partners can definitely take those roles and play small parts of it. Like what eventually the mother is going through, we might not be able to feel or even imagine. But I think if we can just get them to be mentally more prepared and take away those decision-making things, that can make a big impact. 
100%. It sounds like you were just this pillar that was stable, that is supporter, and being able to not let your emotions come out too much just so that you can be there to accompany her. I think that really is good advice. Fast forward that one stressful week, the moment your daughter was born. Describe how you felt. It was absolutely phenomenal to hold somebody in the arms right from cutting the cord to being the first person to actually get her into my arms it was absolutely phenomenal the moment we entered i think things just moved a little bit more fast for us and one of the advice that i'd also give people who might go through these situations is not to hit the hospital campus ahead of time and what I essentially mean by that whether you read it in books or whether you're taught like typically if your water back breaks you still have a lot of time in fact for my wife it did not break even till we moved to the hospital so the doctor had to break that for her but even keeping that aside the reason why we stuck to our homes was to give us that mental capacity to some extent once we went there i think it was a lot more easy going the moment my daughter was in my arms i think it was absolutely exciting we just just quickly got some of the basics done for her she was pretty much back into the mother's arms and because i've just gone through that whole process it was a little bit more easier for my wife to just be there because there could only be one person in that room even if we had family members there was no way for them to be there so she'd have to trust me 100% and even more and to be like okay that's it there's just two of us and we've just got this under control after that i think the next 2 to 3 days were pretty okay yes we literally forgot about what sleep looks like but we just get going with the flow i think the staff at the hospital were amazing and we we just had pretty easy going time day 3 we were just out and back home. And earlier before we started recording this Aditya you also said that basically you just went back to work so pretty much the past 6 months has been present with your family and your daughter. Maybe talk to me a bit about that the decision to step away from work for an extended period of time. Were there any concerns around that? Our daughter was born on the end of August and like typically that last quarter though my teams are also focused on revenues and so on i took immediately the next month off so we do have about 6 months of parental leave post that i think i was pretty much ready to get back into work one of the things that i think i'd highly encourage people to do was just be a little bit more i mean you could overplan there's nothing like overplanning when you're just getting started with a new family i had people who could fill in for me especially and, and typically with a lot of the remote culture in place especially at hubspot there's just a lot of support given to ensure that i can come back recharge to some extent and not have to worry about xyz's and doing uh, something that I would otherwise be doing I literally worked for a few months and december is usually very quite a period so i'd say just play a little bit more to our advantage and then i had to take some more time off uh, to visit our parents back home in india get a few things done and that little bit played to our advantage as well but otherwise i think if you just set expectations with your reporting managers and your internal team members it can play a lot to your advantage depending on how different teams work i literally did not have to worry those 6 to 7 weeks while i was away and i'd give all the credit to our members the company's culture and everything in between to enable me to just be present with my wife with my child 100% and not have to worry anything else the back of my mind and post that i think i've just gone back it's been 2 weeks back into this new year things seem a little bit more sorted got a bunch of help with her parents for the newborn and she's just turned 6 months so we're a little bit just getting a hang of a lot of things the other thing i'd say is also balancing one of the things i did was i just had to restructure even today i always am on the learning front is how do you still be able to manage your time with the child's early months and the first year maybe right because 
right from getting up at random hours of the night, that first two to three months, absolutely exhaustive for any new parent that they would have to go through and getting up in the morning, taking extended hours of rest before I hit my work desk. That was a little bit very crucial. And for me, I had to just rewire the whole way that my body system actually works because I've never been a night person. I've always been an early morning person. It's just been ingrained into me because when you go into boarding school, that's what how I grew up. So I had to literally change that whole fundamental of being able to sustain random hours at night and still be present for my wife, for my daughter right in the morning, and then take some time off, rest well, and then hit the work. It definitely didn't come very easy to be honest as literally in a lot of my Zoom calls, maybe I might have just had to push it off or just cancel because I was just not feeling up to mark. And I think it's perfectly fine. You cannot expect everything to just go as you need. And I highly recommend people to give a little bit more priority to mental well-being and just how they're feeling. Because if you're just not feeling a little bit more than 100%, like you should be able to just take some time off and just reset, pause, and then come back, especially in the early two to three months. Yeah, absolutely. I think that adjustment for first-time parents is always tough, especially, I guess, at that point, family support, it's not always readily available. And even if it's available, it's still, right? At night, the responsibility usually comes down to the parents. So there definitely is a bit of challenge there. So evenings are always challenging. I remember that even for myself. How did you and your wife think about balancing the workload and the duties? How does it look like in those early months? Yeah, I'd say right after she was born and just after a few weeks, I think we just took turns differently to see, once again, reset some priorities in place because she had a strict little bit of diet for the next 30, 45 days. She had to just be a little bit different. I would hack my ways through either through some deliveries or do some quick cooking on the sides and just get through those few meals a day. So those things, were, we just built out a plan just to see what are the basics we need in place and how much of that we can get going. And I think for my wife, it's really exhaustive. As a first-time mother, she was just trying to figure out like how her own body functions and reacts to because you have anxious moments that you're going through. You have to breastfeed. You have to do a lot more than something that I would be able to imagine. But I think then trying to counterbalance that with being available, it's a whole different shift when you're first-time parents. That time I would be probably catching a Netflix and I'm actually probably feeding my daughter, right? And that took at least me a lot of time to readjust. I try to see like how much of rest can be given to my wife so that she can be a little bit more recharged while she's spending time with the child. Once those adjustments were made, I think the night times got a little bit easier, a little bit. It just definitely took quite a few weeks. I think eight to 10 weeks, we were a little bit more settled. We could caught up, catch up on a little bit of sleep. Food habits were almost back to normal. We just had a little bit more sanity in the house. We were able to do the things that we would do. There are definitely no weekends. Like weekends were like, okay, we just get some peace time while the baby's sleeping. We just catch that. I would listen to probably music or do something till the time those one and a half hours that I would get. I think month four onwards, it is a lot more balanced for us. So that's what we found is like month four and five. Okay, like pretty much okay, back to normal. Fortunately, like we just don't have to do too much of running around and so on to the doctor's visit or something, just these regular monthly checkups and injections and so on. Pretty much, I'd, I'd say six months now, like we feel a lot more relaxed, a lot more this thing, a lot more excited about what's going to be ahead of us. 
That's wonderful. And it truly is a journey. Like Absolutely. It's almost you have to go through that challenge. And I'm sure you also heard it from your friends when you went through it. But yeah. until you experience it, then you realize how big of a challenge it is. <laughs> but also how as time goes by and very quickly, just in the span of six months, things do get a lot better. On a side note, I noticed you mentioned a fair bit about getting food ready, about you doing cooking. This is fascinating. So tell me, do you enjoy cooking, preparing meals, or is that more something that you take on as a responsibility? Yeah, so on that front, I think I'm pretty decently equipped. I enjoy cooking. It's something that I just build as a skill right from the early days of my college. Probably came seeing just having a little bit more edge and fascination over food, so the experimental nature, and that's how I started learning about how do I just do the basics. And then I think probably today I could literally not feel tired even after having cooked the whole day for some reasons, if I had to just survive. And if that was a job I would have to take, probably I'll not be that exhausted. So that was a little bit much easier for me to get things going. In those early days, because you don't have any support and help, I think doing everything simultaneously heading out quickly to get the diapers, to get the groceries, everything. Like even if you can order, like there's just so much of things that you have to still step out and get things going along with being able to manage the basics, dynamics of internal family and food and medicines and all of that. I think that just catches on with you. A lot of people sometimes underestimate what the father might be going through, but I think I'd highly recommend any father out there to take some time out. I would literally just go on solo walks, for example, in the morning. I'm just an early morning person. So my daughter would just get up at 5 a.m. And like by 6 a.m., I'm out on the stroller with her. One hour, she'll enjoy the outside breeze and she'll sleep. And then I come back and take another hour of rest. I mean, just it is just various ways of hacking our way and just trying to... The moment we thought that we'd built a timetable, it just goes to the bin. Like you literally don't have a timetable. Everybody's like, okay, this is what we'll stick to, but it doesn't happen. And I think it's just fine. Till the time you're just able to balance a little bit of it, you feel a lot more comfortable, you feel energized. I think that's a lot more important and something that I would highly recommend that people don't neglect because once you start, once things start building up, whether those anxious feelings or whether those just the fatigue, I think it can just wear you down a lot more faster than you would imagine. Absolutely. And it's so nice to hear the simple acts of waking up early, taking a walk with your daughter. I think just moments like this, I feel are special. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be huge. But I think these moments are what you clearly remember. And it's just beautiful. So thinking back, I guess, about the past six months, what would you say is the best part about being a dad? I said the first seven to eight weeks were exhaustive. But I think when I look back, it's also very rewarding and meaningful. Holding somebody for the first time that's a newborn, she's sleeping on your chest, for example, while you're just trying to engage with her or whatever. I think those are very, very special moments that I would definitely cherish and try to recollect. As she's grown, I, I think we've also tried to understand like how the progressive nature, how do you literally keep up with the little one? And there's just been multiple moments of, no, she just started sitting. That was the most amazing moment that just happened in like three to four days of time. She was just lying down. That's how she would engage and play. And then she just started to sit up. So these are just small things that have made a huge impact and that excitement of being able to see somebody that right from the early days that you've helped nurture and get up to feed. I, I think those are just amazing for any parent to go through. Apart from that, I think there's, there's just different emotional connects between the mother and the child and the father and the child. I'm still trying to learn and see how I can be 
present a lot more and also have that family time enough to see what else I could do to improvise that bonding in the early days so that she does realize all of this. And, you know, by the time maybe she turns one, she's a lot more mature to look through and, and that relationship keeps growing. So those are some of the, my personal goals is to just to see how I can be doubled down on that. And I think literally every other day or every other week, there's something different that's happening in a little one's lives that sparks a moment of reflection is like excitement, sometimes anxiousness, sometimes just a moment for us to absorb and reflect what exactly is happening and, and how our lives are changing along with hers, right? So we just try to adapt to that and then counterbalance everything else in between. I think that that's very important because you don't want to let go of the way you were used to living. I think you'll have to just see, you have to find a nice balance of fitting in the newborn's habits and the new individual's life into yours so that it just gets a lot more easier for all of us. So that's where we are. I think there's just a lot more learning to do. Yeah. Absolutely. The learning never stops. Yeah. <laughs> but I agree. It's almost like a dance or a balance. Yeah. You got to figure out what works. So how did that and this incredible feelings of being a dad translate to changes in the way you work or in the way you view work? Yeah, I've tried to be a lot more empathetic around me. I think that's definitely built up. It's doubled down on even for myself, for people around me and for anybody else that I meet and engage with. It's just there are sometimes that I might feel a little bit left out that I'm not giving enough time. I think those feelings are a little bit just momentarily. And I think you'd have to be able to balance everything else that as individuals are responsible for, because though you'd love to give 100% time to your family, there has to be certain boundaries that you're able to build. And I think I, I'm still learning what are better ways to do it, right? So simple things like morning is my time. I have an advantage over that because I, I like to get up early. She's still sleeping these days. Three months back down, she was getting up at 5 a.m. So she would have the morning time with me. Now she's having the morning time with her mother usually, right? So she takes a little bit more rest. I've just recently picked up biking. So I typically like to go out or probably go for a run. And by the time I come back, it's maybe 7.30 and 8. And then I would spend time with her. Now, these are very, very different things. Just two and a half, three months back, like I and my daughter were doing this. And now it's just the opposite. And similar to that, it's just various things that you'd have to balance out typically in between. So when I take breaks, earlier my breaks would be, let's catch a quick few songs before that. Now it's like, okay, let's go and see if my daughter is awake and probably spend that time with her. That itself is energizing in itself. You just spend some even 15, 20 minutes. So I think those are the things that I'm trying to still balance out. And then of course, shut off completely once it's done, maybe that 5.36. So I'm trying to just get used on internal meetings, external meetings meetings outside of my home and just still see that I'm able to give enough time to both my wife and my daughter and have that productivity just play out well. It's an ever-changing landscape to be honest back like we just made the biggest trip of the last seven eight years that I've been outside India. I've never been out so long with family for like 35 38 days that itself was a learning because like we were absolutely carefree. She would be in the grandparents's uh, arms and so on and we just don't have to worry too much about it and now we are back to square one where I'm a wife and it's the little one so lots of things that we are trying to reset again and adopt and now my wife's gone back to work so once again a little bit of adjustments and changes which I think it's okay I think at the end of the day if you feel fulfilled about the impact that you're making for your child and you're happy with how things are going it's fine 
there'll never be a time where it's going to be like 100% family only time or 100% yes. work. It just has to <laughs> be somewhere in between to just ease out every single aspect for any yeah. individual. Yeah. And one thing that stands out Aditya, as I speak with you, it's, it's quite clear that you are so adaptable. You know that change, it's there and you just always got to go in with that mindset of figuring it out. And you're saying it with a smile on your face. So I think really, if anything, I feel like you're ready for this journey. This past six months, you have learned a lot. But I guess also on that note, there are of course always status quo stereotypes about dads. What's perhaps one stereotype or status quo about dads that you reject and you want to do differently or you think dads should do it differently? While thinking about status quo, I think one thing that definitely stands out is being able to do just 100%. And what I essentially mean by that is whether it's the time with your child, whether it's the time with your partner, your work or anything that you're doing, just getting up to 100% is just meeting your KPIs. You just meet it, you're just there. What I like to think is where does that 105 and 110% and aim for those small goals to see how do I get there? So if that 100% goal for me is like 15 minutes time spent with my daughter, what I'm really thinking is how do I hit 105% in the next one month? And similar things with even the smallest of things, being able to we really want our daughter to be spending more time outdoors, probably more times in park. How do I do that better? Just going a single visit in a week would be 100% for me. I don't want to be faced with that situation, but I want to just think, okay, what does beyond that look like? And same thing with work, like just getting to 100% of anything from a parent's perspective, I think it's just like scratching the surface or probably like underdoing it and like setting these small goals and be like, how do I just get ahead of it? Can I think make a huge impact in relationships, your own individual life and it can certainly go a long way for anybody, whether you're a parent or you're just getting into parenting and so on. I think that's extremely well said because it's all about setting ambitious goals and pushing yourself towards reaching them. This has been a really enjoyable conversation, Aditya. To wrap up today, if there's one lesson you've learned as a parent in tech, what would it be? I'd say it's just about empathy and adaptability, consciousness to adapt and empathize with yourself, with your family, anything that's happening around you is very, very important. A lot of times people get very burnt out or maybe you might just not be able to have probably success or you might just be feeling very left out. But I think that comes back to those simple building blocks of how do you get better at adapting and also empathizing, empathizing with your own self sometimes because if you're just going to be very hard in yourself, even though you're adaptable, you might be just building up a very kind of huge gap that's going to be a little bit more difficult to fulfill. And by the time you realize it, I think it's going to be a little bit of lost time. That's what I think I've realized over the last couple of months and the last year of going through this journey with my wife. Yeah, wonderful. That's beautiful to develop that sense of empathy and also awareness. So for our audience who are listening and want to connect with your Aditya, how can they best do so? Yeah, absolutely very active on LinkedIn. So happy to have a chat with anything that I can help with. Twitter is primarily a use that handle usually to consume a lot of content, but very active on LinkedIn to engage and typically in my role, happy to see how I can help with anything else. Awesome. We'll include your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Aditya. It's such a joy to speak with you. 
Thanks so much for having me. All the best to parents. We're going to be listening to this. Thanks for listening to the Parents in Tech podcast with me, your host, Tingen. We hope you were inspired on how to raise kids and build companies. To catch up on earlier episodes or stay updated with upcoming ones, head over to www.parents.fm to join our community of parents in tech. There, you can also drop me a question, idea, feedback, or suggestion. Once again, the website is www.parents.fm. That's all for this episode, folks. See you next time.